Welcome to the Thrive Church Weekly Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged by this message today. Thanks for tuning in. So um, just during worship, I just um, had this memory come back really strong in regards to God speaking to me about a direction in my life. And who wants God to speak to them about where you're going? Like, is anyone interested in what God's opinion is about where you should be in five years? Are we, we're all on the same page here. We all believe that God's actually leading and guiding us, that He's got a, a plan and a, and a future, a purpose for our lives. And, and, I, and I think, you know, there's some scripture that gives us great context for that, you know, like seek first the kingdom with all of our hearts, you know, and He will give these things to you. And, and that and that's, scripture's given in the context of worry. Like, why are you worrying about these things? But actually, seek first the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and he will, you know, he will, he, he's got all the worries, all the things that, you know, you're concerned about. He's going to look after all that stuff because he knows best. Turn to your neighbor and just say, God knows best. God knows best. He really knows best. I love Ephesians 3.20, which really resonated in my spirit a week or so ago when I uh, was reading the word. Uh, It says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more. Everyone say immeasurably more. (laughs) This is for you. Then then we could ask or imagine. Immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. Imagine. I mean, we, we want to put that in the context of lotto, don't we? We're like, if I had all that, then I could get all that stuff. And then that'd be immeasurably more, that'd be more than I have now. And that sounds amazing. But God's saying, actually, I, I can think of something better, more significant, more powerful, uh, more eternal, you know, than lotto. <laughs> Then you becoming a really successful person, that you becoming really popular, that you becoming, you know, whatever you need to fill the gap for you think what your definition of success is. To follow Christ is to follow the best purpose and plan that you could have, you could ever invent, that you could ever dream about, you know, and you could follow because we can engage with Christ but not follow Christ. And I remember when I was uh, about 25 years old, I was uh, working as a commercial artist and um, I was seeking God about my future because who knows that every young adult wants, you know, God's best for your life and you're watching everyone else like, you know, get, get married first or get rich first or get their, their first cool car and you're like, what about me, God? And you're like, what's, what's, what, what do you got for me in my life? And God has your freedom in mind. He has your best life in mind. He has joy in mind for you, and all you need to do is continue to follow Him, to lean into His promises, to seek His face, His will, His purpose with all of your heart at all times. You know, like that's, well, there's a bit of effort in, you know, it's kind of like time to put our childish ways behind us and become a man, or, you know, like this is, this is what it means to actually step into the fullness of our of our lives is to get serious about seeking first his kingdom. And we can't just, you know, just live a life as followers of Christ by looking at other people and thinking because they're doing that or because that's their path to success, that that needs to be my path to success. God has tailor-made your purpose. He has tailor-made, you know, your, the relationships, 
Debbie, the greatest gift in my life. He, this is a divine appointment. I'm so pleased for Debbie, you know, the divine appointment of Debbie in my life. So all those worries that you're thinking about, we don't have to. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's really easy just to say that, a lot easier, to, a lot harder to work that out. But he's stationed us as children of God. Our position under him is sons and daughters of a father. As ones to be obedient and responsive to a loving father. Now, we don't do we don't want to get caught up in religion. We don't want to get caught up in methodology. We just want to be caught up in the love of the Father, in the leading of the Father, in the unique words that He has for you, the unique plan that He has for your life. Unique. Like every one of you are absolutely unique. Every one of you is completely chosen. And I want to encourage you today to completely choose him back. To fully own your choice and integrate that choice into every single response that you have as you look at the opportunities of your world around you. I'm talking about what you watch on TV. I'm talking about how you, how you scroll on social media. I'm talking about what we say when, you know, words come out of our lives. I'm talking about every dimension of our lives to be submitted and to be surrendered to his lordship. Like that's, that's seeking first the kingdom in my mind. I'm like, oh, well, I can't just seek first the kingdom here on Sundays and I can't just seek First, the kingdom, because at the moment I have got no money and I need to seek him because I really need some money um, and I want a boyfriend, so I'll really seek him, you know, or a girlfriend, yeah, probably more so for my gender, <laughs> hopefully. God's got our freedom, He's got your freedom in mind, He is personally invested into your life by sending his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross. So just at the right time. You know, I love that. Just at the right time, Christ died for you. Just at the time. Just at the and I want to encourage those who feel like you're in the in-betweens. You know, like when you're just like, oh, I'm so frustrated. <laughs> you know, like where is the next God moment? Where is my next appointment? I want to encourage you because in those moments, at the end of those transitions or in the middle of those transitions, God's spoken to me the most clearly in those seasons of wilderness. Like that's where you get, that's where you get your next word from God. So you're well positioned. If you're, if you're feeling like, meh, meh, you know, meh then you're not well positioned to seek, you know, to get a word from God. Like, it's just it. You know, we've got to lean in and seek his face for our families, for our community, for our future. Um, yeah, that's, I just wanted to start, well, I actually do half of my message time with that thought. Um, cool, eh? God's got a good plan. Actually, he wants us to carry faith together. 
as well. So corporately, we're carrying something. And on Tuesday night at Team Thrive, um, I talked about, uh, or we, we talked about um, our, what God's been speaking to us about for Thrive. And we, we really gave an invitation to the church to carry some stuff in faith with us. We didn't get into details. We, we did talk about some exciting things in regards to our expression as a church. But we, we firmly believe that some of these things we talked about are going to change the way we do church a bit. You know, it's going to actually mess up, you know, our paradigm a little bit as well. But God's calling us this way. And so if you missed out on that, I want to encourage you to go to our Thrive Family Facebook page and watch Tuesday night. If you know, it's not just our Thrive uh, Facebook page, it's our Thrive Family. It's a private, you know, circle of trust, kind of. And if you're not a part of that, you can become a part of that. You can get into the circle of trust by just requesting for that invitation. So, um, oh, what do I do? What do you think I should do, honey? I think I... I think I'll start this message and finish it another time because I think what Debbie brought this morning out in regards to freedom was so important. Like we are in, we're positioned for freedom and we're talking about the gospel this year, aren't we? And that's about expressing freedom. (laughs) That's about, hey, we found freedom and we've encountered freedom and we want to invite you into this experience of freedom through Christ Jesus. So we're talking about the gospel this year, and and um, I want to give a little bit of context to this message in light of the gospel. And the, the gospel of Mark, as you know, Peter, let's think about Peter first. When Peter responded to follow Jesus, he had just had the largest catch of fish in his entire career. He's like, I know who you are now. Jesus, I'm going to follow you. And immediately the Bible says he just left his net. He left his boat, he left, and he followed Jesus. Then in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus sees James and and, and he sees uh, his brother John. And the Bible says that they were in their boat mending their nets. Mending their nets. Turn to your neighbor and say, mending their nets. Mending their nets. And then he called them to follow him. You know, before we go fishing, we need to make sure our gear works. Like recently, I tried to go fishing with Tristan, and I put too thick a nylon on a casting rod, and oh, it was like, and it went, because it just couldn't fly. It was like a heavy, heavy nylon. Like you could lift a truck with this nylon, but you couldn't cast a line with this nylon. Anyway, so you've got to make sure you don't, you've got your fishing rod works, and you don't have any holes in your net, or else the fish will just swim right through. And so James and John, they're in their boat, uh, mending their nets and really preparing them to hold capacity for catch. So some of us in this church, we're like Peter. We're like, my nets are mended. I'm ready to go and catch a large school of fish. You know, like I'm ready to go. Like Jesus said to Peter, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you fishers of men, didn't he? He said, well, you've, you've got all those fish there, but I've got something greater. It's time to fish for men's and, and women's souls. And so some of us are like that, but some of us, it's a little bit like James and John, and we really believe it's a time maybe to look at the state of our net before we start throwing our net out. (laughs) Maybe it's a season in your life 
to focus on mending your net. And, and I've noticed in my life that I never outgrow the need for Jesus to be involved intimately in my history, in my struggles, and in the, the, the broken net, if you want to say, of my life at times. Jesus wants to heal the gaps, you know, in our soul. That's really what he, that's really what he wants to do. And I want to just share, I'll definitely share one of my dreams, but in the last two weeks, I've had two really profound dreams. And before I went to sleep one night, I, um, I, prayed, I prayed something like this. I was like, Holy Spirit, please heal every dimension of my soul, every fracture, uh, any hidden trauma, stuff that I don't even know is there. I just want to be whole. I want to be healed. I don't know. Does anyone ever pray that? So I prayed that before I went to sleep one night, and I just thought, Holy Spirit, just bring to the surface. That was my bring to the surface what needs to be surfaced. Like, so I can do something about it. Because sometimes I look at my life and I'm like, I could have responded better. <laughs> well, I could have, why am I feeling this way? I don't need to feel this way. When, when I have Jesus and freedom, I'm like, God, what do I not know about? What's, what's hidden from me? And then I drifted off to sleep. And as soon as I went to sleep, I had a dream and it was almost like a vision. I don't even know how to describe it because I woke up immediately afterwards and I'd been like, it was like five minutes or something like that. And in this dream, I was pushing a boat full of people across an estuary. I was waist deep in water. And suddenly, out of nowhere, a crocodile came from behind and, and it took me out. And, I was, and as I was being taken out, I looked as the crocodile was dragging me under and then I saw this huge Jesus walking through the water. And it wasn't, he was, I only, I didn't get to see like all the way up in one glance. I just saw that his, the water was just over his ankles. And he came along and, and he scooped up the crocodile. He snapped it in half, threw it over his shoulder and then just roared with laughter. And then he got me checked to see if I was okay, and he put me back behind the boat, and that was the end of the dream. I know. And I prayed that prayer, and then Jesus really showed me that actually he really is in the business of locating and destroying the things that exist below the surface area of our lives. The, the gospel is an invitation to connect with freedom. Jesus said, the truth will set you free. See, truth and freedom hold hands. They're not independent of each other. One has to be experienced for the other to be realized. And when you think about the absolute truths of physics and, and of biology, and the, the fact of the matter is, is that we, we, planet Earth is located in the most ideal environment, in the infinite vastness of our solar system, to be able to sustain life. Truth, you know, 100k closer this way or further away, it's too hot, too cold. If we didn't have a moon, or the moon was bigger, the tides would wash all the sea away. I mean, there's so many factors of precision, the precision of truth that hold our universe and the environment and creates a place of order for us to experience what freedom is. 
So you, you have to have truth and freedom for the experience of life and love and joy and all that. that like that's, we need them in partnership ar- around our lives. And so I say that because if we attempt to forget or dismiss or avoid whatever comes to the surface in our lives that is in a, isn't in alignment with freedom, is actually in conflict with truth, we're going to miss out on the chance to express greater freedom in our lives and to actually give the invitation for others to be invited into what the gospel is all about. Jesus came full of grace and truth, didn't he? says that at the start of the Gospel of John. So when we're experiencing difficulties, we can have this uh, tendency, I guess, you know, to just pretend that everything's okay, because sometimes things just sneak up on a slow, yeah, and it's like, oh, actually two weeks have gone by, and I realize now that I'm just under condemnation. Yeah, I'm just like feeling bad about myself. What? When did that come in? And then you trace it back, oh, this is actually why I'm feeling bad. I'm not measuring. I don't think I've been measuring up. I've been looking at someone else's life and thinking like, dang, if only I was. And as soon as we start doing that, we open a doorway for condemnation to come in because we're actually disassociating our identity from who we are in Christ. That's like what comparison will do to us. It will rob us from our identity and who Jesus has uniquely called us to be. So we, we can just experience difficulties and then disengage. Um, and we can end up freezing up or just going round and round the mountain. Has anyone ever gone round and round the mountain going like, oh, this view again, this argument again, this fear again? <laughs> John Maxwell says, you know, no one has ever stopped in the tunnel and found the light. Like, I want to encourage you today to press on uh, for that reason that Christ Jesus has taken a hold of you. Press on, press on, press in, lean in to Jesus. Isaiah 9 verse 6. Um, God gave me this verse just the other night. I couldn't go to sleep. Sitting on the floor beside my bed, I was like, God, what do you just want to say? What? What is it? And I was like, I should, I should know what this verse is off by heart because I'm a pastor and, you know, I know the Bible basically back, back to front. Um, <laughs> but I was like, oh, I can't remember. So I went and looked it up and, and it's this, this beautiful verse. It's a prophetic word given about Christ that was given 700 years before his birth. For us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And it's just really interesting that Wonderful Counselor is the first title given to who the Messiah will be, to who Christ will become. A Wonderful Counselor. A Wonderful Counselor. So for any Christians, if you ever hear them saying that counselors are a waste of time, that's just not true. Unless they're a really poor counselor. Because Jesus' title was, he's a counselor. He wants to counsel. He wants to roll out his kingdom through wisdom, insight, healing journey. You know, he wants to counsel us. Personally 
uniquely counsel us through the things that are under the surface level of our lives, to, to uncover the root issues of our brokenness, <laughs> of the holes in our nets. He doesn't want you just to stick another, you know, another a truth principle, a, you know, another scripture. We can easily, and I, I realize I've been doing this, and I do this at times, you know, when I'm like, well, you know, all things work together for good. I'm just going to white knuckle it because that is true. Or his perfect love casts out fear. That is true too. And we can just position ourselves around these truths. But he doesn't want us just to have a, an encounter with a truth concept. He wants these scriptures are actually gateways to his nature encountering our lives. He wants, he wants us to resonate with what this healing journey with Jesus is all about. The love of Christ needs to be invited in to confront and comfort us, to heal the memories, to heal the pain, to heal the trauma, to heal the bullies. You know, we can be a bully to ourselves, <laughs> or the bullies that came at us when we were 12 years old can keep coming at us. He wants to heal the insecurities you know, that become gateways of fear in our lives. Like, he is interested in you. Like, he really is interested in you. Super keen on just you positioning your life to say, Jesus, I need you in this issue. He doesn't want you to drown. He doesn't want you to go around the mountain. He wants to break you through this wonderful counselor who wants to bring you the vision of, of, of freedom and the experience of freedom. Mark Twain said this, you can't, depend, you can't depend on your eyes when your imagination is out of focus. Yeah, just I love that. You can't depend on your eyes when your imagination is out of focus. You know, like it's, our imagination becomes the filter of what our vision is for life. And so if our imagination is dark and, and, and broken and, and hurting and we're just replaying that stuff over again about why we can't and why we won't succeed and why we are stuck, you know, that's going to actually distort the vision that we have for our lives. I'm going to finish with this quote and you'll have to come back in two weeks' time for the other dream that I had. Martin Luther King said this, we're not free until we are all free. We're not free until we are all free. Now, Martin Luther King, he spoke this into the context of community, that every life, that every soul, it's a beautiful quote, that everyone who is meant to be a part of our family experiences family. That every, every, when someone in our community is hurting, that's like we're hurting. <laughs> And that's why he, his heart was massive, eh? Like he saw the freedom and liber the liberty come to an entire, an entire group of people because he said we're all in this together. You know, where the enemy had played havoc on generations for decades, we're not free until we're all free. And I want to, look, and I know that for me, and for, for Debbie, for our, for our staff team, we would have that same attitude towards you. We really, if you're not free, 
we're not free. You know, if you're suffering, then I'm not satisfied. We're not, we want to see you liberated. We like, that's, that's what we, we do. That's why, like, youth ministry was so big and important for me. It was like I could just see broken young people that wanted, needed to get free, you know? But we're all broken young people in one way or another. <laughs> Freedom is so important. So this, we're not free until we're all free. This is also in the context of our lives as triune beings, body, soul, and spirit. We, my body, my soul, and spirit, is not free until God delivers what needs to be delivered from my life, heals what needs to be healed from my, in my heart. And the gospel carries this promise that every part of our life can be redeemed. In one, uh, Romans 1, 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. And salvation is that sozo word, to bring complete and utter healing. Not partial healing, not partial wholeness, but the full expression of who Christ is in you, the hope of glory. That glory would over, overtake and overwhelm the, heal, the, the pain. I want to be a part of that. Thanks again for tuning in to the Thrive Church weekly podcast. 